Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Podcast by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and I am uh, on my own today. Uh, today I'm doing Group K of African Cup 2023 qualification, which is already underway. And we actually did a series on teams of the African Cup 2021. That was in January of this year, 2022. Um, uh, we did uh, groups and players there. <clears throat> Excuse me. So we'll be changing our format a bit as a result. Uh, rather than repeating what we podcasted there about the groups, we'll be providing a link in the show notes, as well as the times at which each uh, team was discussed in the podcast. So interested listeners can go to uh, soccerfiles.captivate.sm or you can just type soccerfiles Canada, perhaps. Uh, soccerfiles is with a PH in the middle and an S at the end. Soccerfiles uh, Canada, and uh, that'll bring you to the um, website. And in on the website, you can click on the show notes uh, to bring up that information. So we're going to repeat, or I'm going to repeat that address at the end. And uh, that information is, in fact, a, a more detailed um, World Cup overview and a detailed look at the finals of the African Cup tournaments, which we'll only cover briefly here. So this time we'll be focusing on uh, African Cup qualifying campaigns, particularly a deep dive into that, and uh, the recent history of all the teams Um but for the teams that were in the African Cup, that would just be Morocco here. Um, there's more information available. So um, let's look at this uh, podcast today. And we're going to cover it in three sections. And section one is a, a, a look at who is in the group, an introduction to the teams, uh, which part they came from, and some geographical information about each country. Part two is the longest part uh, by far, a team-by-team -team overview with a quick review of their participation and major achievements, an overview of their African Cup history and World Cup history if they weren't done in uh, the previous series. Uh, but for all teams, a deep dive into their African Cup qualifying history and a summary and sense of their recent form with a short section uh, on their players, particularly who's been scoring goals for them. Part three, uh, we'll end with a comparison of the teams uh, by looking at their ELO rankings and head-to-head -head meetings, and that'll, uh, that'll launch us into a bit of a discussion of their prospects and our predictions. And for this series, uh, we can actually check how accurate we are by uh, checking the first two sets of the six-set uh, six qualification those two sets having taken place in June. So I actually haven't looked at the results, so I can uh, kind of make a, um, a valid prediction on the game and then kind of check it for fun to see if things are working out as expected. Okay, and then at the end, we'll again provide the, the um, uh, uh, address for you to go to if you want to uh, delve into more on the uh, international soccer preview here. So today I'm wearing black for no particular reason. I guess I'm kind of a referee. I'm trying hard to be objective, but the thing is uh, Morocco is playing Canada in in the World Cup uh, in the same group. So um, it's taking all of my nerve and strain to try to be objective about these things. So um, 
yeah, if I if I kind of go off the rails and and start hoping for um, you know Morocco players to to get injured, that's not very nice of me, I know, and so I will try to behave myself. Okay, no, I actually like Morocco, um, especially now because I feel like in the last uh, campaign, the last couple of campaigns, they've been a bit more exciting than they were in the past, in the past 10 years or so. Okay, well, let's begin by looking at the at the teams and a bit of a surprise here. It's Morocco in pot one, South Africa in pot through, in pot two. Zimbabwe was supposed to be in pot three, but uh, like Kenya, they've been disqualified. Uh, the Kenya disqualification took us by surprise. We didn't know about it uh, until we actually looked at the scores uh, Connor was doing that podcast with me and we were taken by surprise. This one I actually saw on the FIFA and the FIFA ranking website that they had been suspended. So and uh, not a part of this group. So we won't be covering them. Uh, but from pot four came Liberia. So it's just the three teams now, Morocco, South Africa and Liberia, with two of them going through. All right. Well, let's take a look at the uh, at the. Um, Geographical information, uh, Morocco is about four, uh, 446,000 kilometers squared. It's the 25th largest country in Africa there in uh, the northwestern part of Africa. And the population is 36.9 million. Uh, that's it from 2020 statistics, uh, uh, putting them 11th in Africa. So 25th biggest uh, by size, but 11th biggest by population. South Africa is quite a bit bigger, about three times bigger, uh, 1.22 million square kilometers, making it the ninth biggest country in Africa and a population of 60.1 million uh, in 2021. Uh, putting it as the fifth most populous country in Africa. And finally, Liberia, um, just 111,000 square kilometers, the 39th big... Oh, my goodness, for the YouTube uh, viewers, I have a map, and I forgot to uh, scroll down to the map. Uh, okay, uh, Liberia uh, in Western Africa, um, and most of... Uh, has a lot of coastline in Western Africa, but it's a small country, the 39th biggest in South Africa, a population of uh, 4.7 million in 2021, the 37th uh, in Africa. So just uh, by comparison, um, South Africa is uh, the biggest of these countries, uh, both in population and in size. In terms of size, uh, Morocco is uh, about one, one third as big, uh, maybe a little bit more, maybe maybe two-fifths as big, uh, and um, uh, a population of 36.9 compared to 60.1, so a little more than half as many people. Uh, Liberia, by comparison, is much smaller than both of them, uh, about a tenth of the size of South Africa, and even less in terms of population, 4.7 million. So... Um, South Africa, the biggest country there. But we're going to start with uh, Morocco because they came from pot one. And their first international game was in 1957. And their nickname is the uh, Lion de l'Atlas, the Atlas Lions. And they are, of course, named after the uh, Atlas Mountains in Morocco. 
So we'll begin with a look at their participation and achievements, kind of an overview. Uh, they began qualifying in 1962 for the World Cup, uh, and after joining the general African boycott, Asian African boycott of the 1966 World Cup, they have participated consistently from 1970. Uh, African Cup participation got off to a rocky start, withdrawing in 1962, uh, joining their first in 1963, but then not entering three of the five subsequent tournaments and only participating consistently since 1967. And they were disqualified in 2015 because of withdrawing from hosting. We'll get a little more information about that when we um, when we do the uh, deep dive into qualifying. In terms of achievement, they've reached the World Cup five times. Uh, a round of 16 finish in 1986 is their best result, and otherwise they haven't passed the group stage. Um, sorry, uh, I, I'm... Yes, uh, I got a bit confused there. Okay, uh, they they won their only African Cup in 1976 and have finished in the top four uh, four times. Okay, sorry about that. I kind of lost my uh, lost my information for the African Cup. Now, <clears throat> for the World Cup, we're going to uh, skip the uh, overview. That can be found in the January podcast, but we are going to look at their most recent campaign in 2022. So they received a buy in round one. That was a preliminary round uh, that only 28, the bottom 28 teams had to play. Um, in the round two of three group stage, uh, they won all games over Guinea-Bissau, Guinea and Sudan to finish uh, way out in first. They had 18 points, and uh, the next second-place team, Guinea-Bissau, had six. Six. So three times as many. Uh, they were imperious, and the campaign was uneventful uh, in terms of games. But uh, they did travel to Guinea, only to find themselves waking up the next day to gunfire in the street and civil war. Um an interesting story there. Uh, the final playoff round uh, proved um, equally easy. Uh, so they, they moved to round three, which was just a playoff, a knockout with one team. And they were faced with Congo DR, uh, which was one of the easier teams uh, reaching that knockout round. And they, they made it look easy uh, with a tie in the first leg and a 4-1 win in the second. So um, they advanced to the World Cup where, as I mentioned, they are grouped with Canada, Grrr, making them the uh, the enemy, the temporary enemy. Okay, that is the um, World Cup, and now we look at their African Cup, and a brief uh, overview of their African Cup history is uh, we're going to skip because that was done before, and rather we'll go to the uh, detailed deep dive into their qualifying history. So we've divided this into into four parts, and the first part covers 1962 to 1978. Uh, they first entered in 1962, and they were slated to play Tunisia, uh, but they withdrew. Uh, but it was the same opponent in 1963, um, and they traded home wins 
losing uh, 4-1 on the road, but winning 4-2 at home. A tight battle, uh, but they allowed two goals at home and so were knocked out on goal difference. Now, they didn't enter in 1965 and in 1968, so their second campaign uh, was in 1970, and they returned to a really similar result uh, against Algeria. They lost by more away than they won at home and were again knocked out on goal difference. Uh, 1972 saw them with the same pairing with Algeria. Um, um, and I think they won on uh, goal difference, but I'm just going to check because my uh, notes aren't clear enough. Yes, uh, uh, yes, they won the first round, um, losing 3-1 away, but then winning 3-0 at home. So that one goal in Algeria made the difference. And uh, that moved them on to play Egypt in the next round. And they beat them the same way on goal difference to reach their first cup. However, uh, in 1974, they didn't enter... And 1976 saw them pass three rounds of knockout qualification, uh, winning both legs over Gambia, then beating Senegal on goal difference. And then in the final round, they beat Ghana on penalties after each team had won 2-0 at home. This brought them to their second cup, and they went all the way to win the title. And that title win in 1976 qualified them automatically for the 1978 edition. So that's their early history, and the next part covers 1980 to 1996. In 1980, they bested Mauritania in the first knockout round, and then round two started with a 7-0 home win, um, a 7-0 home win uh, over Togo. So it really didn't matter what happened in the, in the um, uh, away leg. They lost 2-1, uh, but um, could have afforded more. Uh, it was an easy qualification there for their fourth cup, uh, where they earned their second best result with a third place finish. However, they failed to qualify for the next two cups, winning both legs of the first round over Liberia, uh, who they face here in 1982, including a surprise 5 nothing win away. Uh, they fell to Zambia on goal difference um, in the following round. Mm -hmm. Just making sure of that information. Okay, that was 1982. 1984 saw them beat Mali on goal difference in round one, but tie Nigeria with two goalless draws, uh, but Nigeria won in the end in a penalty shootout. However, 1986 saw them back in the cup. Uh, they for, um uh, they were forfeited the, the first round by Sierra Leone's withdrawal, and they uh, besting now um, uh, they bested uh, Zaire, Zaire uh, in the second round. Zaire is now uh, Congo DR. Uh, reaching the cup, they earned fourth fourth place in that cup, and um, the next one in 1988 they qualified for automatically by hosting. But what followed was a week period where they uh, they only reached one of the next four cups after 1988. 1990 saw them ousted by Mali. The two tied home and away, 
but uh, scoreless in Mali and 1-1 one, one in Morocco. So Mali got the away goal they needed to uh, pass. 1992 came with an expansion of the cup and a switch to a, uh, a group-based qualification system. They won the first three games all at home, but then lost to Niger and Ivory Coast on the road to finish second. Uh, that was enough, though, to get them into the cup, uh, but they fell at the group stage. Uh, in 1994, it was kind of a middling qualification, but they were ultimately undone by a loss at home to last place Malawi, and uh, they finished third, though only a point behind first place Mali. Uh, that makes Malawi uh, one of the few countries to actually win in Morocco. And it was an embarrassment uh, that their, their pristine home record um, actually, it was their first ever loss uh, in African Cup qualification at home and embarrassing that it was blemished by a fairly weak team. Uh, anyway, moving on to 1996, they were undefeated at home, but they failed to reach the cup again, coming third behind Burkina Faso and Ivory Coast. Part 3, 1998 to 2010. Okay, that didn't happen again. I'm talking about a non-qualification until 2010. So 1998 started a string of successful qualifications. And 1998 saw them go undefeated through the campaign, starting with ties in Egypt and Senegal, while winning all the rest for a commanding first-place finish in a fairly tough group, I might add. Uh, 2000 was less convincing with a draw at home to Togo, but still undefeated in the campaign for a first-place finish. 2002 saw them beaten home and away by Gabon, another kind of weak team uh, damaging their home record there. Um, and uh, they never, But they nevertheless finished first, while Gabon finished a third. The 2004 African Cup was hosted by rivals Tunisia, and they showed determination in reaching it, suffering only an away draw in Sierra Leone. There they reached the final where they faced Tunisia, uh, but the host got the better of them. 2006 and 2010 were both based on results from World Cup qualifying campaigns, and their second place finish behind Tunisia in 2006 cost them the World Cup, but it was easily enough for the African Cup. After a solid, if easy, qualification in 2008 over Zimbabwe and Malawi, uh, their disastrous 2010 World Cup campaign, which saw them finish last in the group behind Gabon and Togo, prevented them from reaching the 2010 African Cup. All right, and now we move on to the last section, uh, 2012 to 2017. So they started 2012 with a home draw with the weak but well-performing Central African Republic. Uh, they tied the upstarts away too, but ended up finishing first over them. Uh, only the top team qualifying that year. 2013 featured a quick qualification as the African Cup moved to odd-numbered years, and 2012 participants somewhat unfairly uh, received a bye to the third and final round of qualification. 
So Morocco only had to beat Mozambique to qualify, uh, but they nevertheless flirted with danger by losing 2 nothing away in the first leg, but uh, made up for it with a 4 nothing win at home. They were scheduled to host in 2015, uh, but they withdrew over fears of the Ebola virus. Uh, CAF, the... the um, these football regulation, you know, uh, Association of African Football, uh, ruled that this reason was specious. They didn't buy it, and they banned Morocco for two tournaments, but later reduced it to just one tournament, the 2015. So banned in 2015. Uh, they thus entered the 2017 edition and suffered only an away draw in Libya to comfortably qualify. All right, uh, let's move on to their recent campaigns in the African Cup uh, 2019. So there they finished first in their qualifying group, ahead on goal difference of Cameroon. Uh, they won all home games, but they were winless on the road, uh, losing to Cameroon and tying Comoros and Malawi, fairly weak teams. Uh, unconvincing they were in the group stage, eking out wins over Namibia and South Africa, uh, only on last-minute goals, the only goals of the games. But they did well in in um, they did well to beat Ivory Coast and finished first in the group stage with maximum points. So three uh, one nothing wins there, uh, two of them on late goals. Um, they went to the round of 16, but shamefully lost to Benin on penalties, uh, despite being given a late penalty and a man advantage in that game. So a bit of a flat performance there by Morocco. Uh, let's hope they um, are flat in the World Cup against Canada. Okay, sorry, I'm sorry I said that. That's terrible. Okay, African Cup 2021. Uh, they started the qualifying campaign weekly with a uh, with a home draw against Mauritania, and they ended up tying them away too. But otherwise, they beat Central African Republic and Burundi to comfortably finish first in uh, a very easy qualifying group there. Uh, in the cup, they finished first in the group stage, uh, beating a poorly performing Ghana. Ghana and uh, they also beat Comoros and in the final game uh, tied Gabon uh, but nevertheless finished first over Gabon. Ghana finished last in the group, believe it or not. Uh, they beat Malawi uh, in the round of 16, uh, but then they lost to Egypt in extra time at the quarterfinals. Uh, their actual performance was uh, better um, than their result in this cup. They were a bit unfortunate to meet eventual finalist uh, Egypt um, there, but uh, I thought they were quite good in this African Cup. Okay, uh, and that is 2021. So they come into, um, into, the, into the World Cup in fairly fine form and... Um, I was hoping in the draw, to be honest, that Canada would be paired with uh, uh, or grouped with Tunisia rather than Morocco, because I feel like Morocco is in pretty good form. Let's take a look at some of their players here. Uh, who is scoring for them? Well, we see in 2019 and in 2021 qualifying, uh, Hakim Ziyech, 
who plays for Chelsea uh, is there. But in fact, he was not in the African Cup and hasn't played for uh, Morocco for a while. Apparently, some, uh, some dispute with the coach is keeping him out of the team. So I'm sure fans will be hoping uh, they patch that up before uh, the World Cup. Um, meanwhile, uh, they have um, Yusuf N. Nesri. Uh, he's not a forward. He is, well, he's listed as a forward here, but um, he plays for Sevilla in Spain. And um, uh, uh, one guy who started scoring for them, uh, rec rec well, not recently, he's got two goals in, in uh, the last three campaigns, but is uh, Ashraf Hakimi. He's actually uh, a defender, uh, but he takes free kicks, and uh, he has uh, eight goals for them in 51 games. Um, so, yeah, he has started scoring for them recently. I was right. He plays for Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, in terms of uh, the teams they play for, uh, they, they are with some pretty big teams, uh, defender Nusser Mazrui plays for Bayern Munich. And uh, we mentioned Sevilla before. Their goalie, uh, Yassine Bounou, also plays for uh, Sevilla. And uh, there's really um, no small teams. None of them, uh, no, just a handful of them play in Morocco. But it would be for big teams in Morocco, like Wydad Casablanca. And... Um, yeah, well, we're going to do a player podcast on the uh, uh, World Cup upcoming, and we did a player podcast if you want more details. But uh, I'll just say uh, Morocco has a lot of talent available, which uh, uh, frightens me, makes me shudder as a Canadian fan. Um, there. So in summary, let us uh, go to the summary and a look at their recent form. And uh, the 1976 African Cup win uh, doesn't coincide with good results in the World Cup. And their impressive 1986 World Cup campaign only roughly coincides with two fourth-place finishes in a row in the 1986 and 1988 African Cups. Well, that has to be considered their peak, although we have seen fourth place, uh, especially at host, as host, uh, although fourth place is really not not a great achievement. Uh, basically, you can win a quarterfinal game and achieve fourth place. So, uh, in truth, the peaks uh, the peaks for Morocco are more like rolling hills. And other than second place in the 2004 African Cup, their career has been more of a valley, uh, though only with one gorge. Okay, the geographic references are getting too much here. <laughs> Uh, but only kind of one really poor period, a period in the early 90s where they missed three out of four African Cups. Uh, oh, I'm continuing, though, with the geographical uh, references uh, because they are on a high place in recent time, a high plane. They have reached two World Cups in a row, uh, something they only did once before, and they passed the group stage of the African Cup three times in a row, which actually is something that they've never done. Uh, in the past. So it's based more on consistency than on reaching great heights. Uh, the group stage of the World Cup and the quarterfinals of the African Cup, the furthest they have scaled. They're just finished with a 
a geographical mountain mountaineers will be happy with my uh with my um metaphors there okay moving on to the next team the uh south africa and uh, their nickname is bafana bafana which means the boys uh well the boys twice the boys the boys in isi zulu uh the name was apparently coined by a journalist uh, uh sibusiso Ms. Nsalaku in 1992. I'm sorry. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry to that reporter for what I have done to his name in the pronunciation of his name. Okay. Uh, South Africa's first international game was in 1924. Uh, their tournament history began uh, with one of them as the four founding members of CAF the Confederation of African Football. Uh, only those members, uh, Sudan, Ethiopia, Egypt, and South Africa, took part in the tournament in 1957. But even at that point, South Africa was disqualified. Uh, South African law would only allow an all-white or an all-black team. And uh, it, led, uh, it led to the other members uh, of CAF disqualifying them. Um, Actually, I'm not sure if they were disqualified or dropped out in 1957. The history is a bit unclear, but they were expelled from CAF and also from FIFA, uh, basically until they were uh, willing to give up their apartheid laws. So they played in no tournaments until the apartheid policy was repealed in 1991. Apartheid meaning uh, that blacks and whites have to be separated. So from 1994, though, they began competing in the World Cup and African Cup, and they've never missed an addition. In terms of achievement, uh, they've reached the World Cup three times, including when they hosted in 2010. Uh, the other two times were in 1998 and 2002, two cups in a row. I actually was in Korea, and I saw them play uh, a game in Busan in 2002. They were playing Slovenia. Um, now I'm lost in my script. Oh, yes. Uh, in 2010, um, no, in, in none of the tournaments did they ever pass the group stage. And in 2010, they became, they became the only host nation ever to fail to do so. Uh, they have won one African Cup title, and that was when they hosted in 1996, shortly after returning uh, to the fold. And they finished in the top three for three tournaments in a row around that time. Outside of that, though, the quarterfinals is their best result. Now, we did not cover them uh, earlier this year, so we're going to give a quick World Cup overview. In their first World Cup entry in 1994, they fell in the first round to Nigeria. However, they quickly became a regional power and qualified for the next two Cups. Uh, and as I said, falling at the group stage in both Cups. They didn't qualify in 2006, but they did in 2010 uh, by dint of being host. As mentioned, they became the first host to be knocked out of the group stage. And they've never really come close to qualifying since. Uh, they narrowly failed to reach the final playoff in 2014, uh, but they were weak in the final round on in 2018. 
we'll take a quick look at their recent campaign for 2022. And they received a buy in round one, uh, a preliminary round where only the bottom 28 teams in Africa played. Uh, a much better road performance uh, this time than in previous campaigns. Uh, they won all uh, home games and they beat Ethiopia and tied Zimbabwe uh, on the road. However, that only earned them a second place finish because in the last game, um, they lost on a single goal in Ghana. And they were very bitter about it. Uh, it allowed Ghana to leapfrog them into first. Uh, the two ended up actually tied on points and on goal difference. But um, uh, Ghana uh, advanced on having scored more goals. But South Africa was livid about the penalty decision in the game against Ghana at 31 minutes. And uh, I've seen the replay of it, and, and it is a very soft penalty. But they went uh, further to say uh, that, you know, the refereeing in general uh, favoured Ghana, and they went as far as calling it match-fixing. Um, but the matter was never investigated, um, or if it was investigated, uh, they, they didn't agree with South Africa, and South Africa had to put up with the second-place finish didn't advance to the final round. Ghana, on the other hand, did, and uh, they won their set to reach the World Cup. All right, let's go into um, uh, the African Cup uh, overview of the overview of the African Cup before we look at qualifying in detail. So the African Cup shows the same pattern, but it begins uh, with them in the first tournament in 1957 where they were disqualified for their apartheid policy. Again, I'm not dead clear that uh, they were disqualified or whether they pulled out. But nevertheless, it, it's clear they were banned until their return in uh, 1994, where they failed to qualify for the African Cup uh, that year. However, they hosted in 1996, and having won as host in 1996, um, they qualified automatically in 1998 so uh yes um i'm getting a little lost i'll, I'll just kind of wing it here uh okay so they actually passed the group stage uh for four cups in a row from 1996 to 2002 uh, but they slowly declined uh reaching the next three cups from 2004 to 2008 but getting knocked out in the first round and finally in 2010 and 2012 uh they didn't qualify uh for the cup it's been a bit up and down uh since there since then but we'll get to that in world cup qualifying detail okay so the first part covers 1957 but really uh, 1994 to 2004. Uh, so we'll actually, I mentioned uh, the situation in 1957 and the ban, so I'll pick it up with their return in 1994, which was an uh, inauspicious start, losing 4-1 uh, to Zimbabwe in their very first game back, and 0-1 at home, uh, losing 1-0 at home to Zambia. Um, so I'm just going to bring it up so I can um, be clear. Uh, 
Okay, sorry about that. Uh, okay, so uh, yeah, they had uh, two home draws with the weak Mauritius in 1994, and um, uh, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Yeah, okay, uh, no, they drew at home with Mauritius and at home with Zimbabwe. Those are uh, their only home results. And uh, an away win in Mauritius in the last game. Uh, for a pretty uh, grim opening campaign, they finished in third uh, ahead of Mauritius. But they improved abruptly from there, qualifying automatically as host in 1996 and winning the title. And then they qualified automatically as defending champions in 1998, as we've said. Uh, and they brought their success forward uh, for a second place finish there. That looked good going into their second qualification campaign in 2000. But though they won all games at home, they were winless on the road, uh, tying the weak Mauritius as well as Angola and losing to Gabon in that campaign. It was first place, though, and they qualified for the Cup, and they did better in the Cup with another good finish. Uh, 2002 and 2004 uh, and four were more convincing campaigns going undefeated through them both. Um, three ties, including one in the last game against Congo, saw them finish second behind Liberia in 2002, although it was an advancing spot. And in 2004, it was first place over Ivory Coast and away tie the only points they dropped in that campaign and away tie with Ivory Coast, uh, that is. Okay, uh, and now we move to uh, 2006 to 2017. Though qualification campaigns had improved from 2000 to 2004, their results in the Cup had declined. And after a third place finish in 2000, uh, they were knocked out in, no, they uh, reached only the quarterfinals in 2002, and they were knocked out of the group stage from 2004 to 2008. In 2006, qualifying was based on World Cup results for those years, uh, for 2006 and 2010. South Africa finished third in their group in 2006, which just got them into the cup, the top three in each group qualifying for the African Cup. Uh, however, in the cup, as mentioned, it was it was another uh, group stage finish. And in fact, they lost all of their games in the group stage of 2006. A middling qualification campaign in 2008 saw them finish behind Zambia and... Um, They did reach the cup, though. Yes, they reached the cup, uh, finishing second behind Zambia. And uh, in 2010, they went uh, They went through World Cup qualifications. They were actually hosts for the 2010 World Cup, so they didn't need to qualify for that. But they did go through qualification uh, in order to reach the African Cup. And actually, uh, they didn't reach it. They finished far behind Nigeria and were not one of the second-place finishers to advance. So they finished second, but it still wasn't good enough. Uh, nor would they qualify in 2012 
uh, due to a terrible miscalculation. Uh, winning both games at home in Egypt, they had Sierra Leone, uh, oh, sorry, they uh, tied Sierra Leone and Egypt on the road uh, going into their fourth game at six. Um, in the fifth game, though, they lost in Niger and they went into the last game at home confident that a tie against Sierra Leone would see them through. And then they earned that tie only to learn afterwards that it wasn't enough. And in fact, they had needed a win. So Niger finished on top with South Africa in second. And uh, South Africa was not among the five second place finishers uh, to advance. So a terrible miscalculation uh, cost them the 2012 um, African Cup. Uh, 2013 gave them automatic qualifications as they once again hosted. And 2015 was a fairly solid qualification uh, and they actually knocked Nigeria out that year. Uh, three wins and three draws, two of them at home, was enough for first place in 2015. 2017 was a weak campaign, though, tying all games at home and finishing third behind Mauritania. So, as I said in the overview, kind of up and down uh, since 2013. It was a quarterfinals, then knocked out in the group stage, then a failure to qualify. Let's see how they've done since. Okay, in 2019, uh, they had a pretty good campaign. They went undefeated and they bested Nigeria. Uh, and actually beat them away uh, in the opening game and then tied them at home. And they finished second in the group uh, qualifying uh, behind Nigeria despite besting them. Uh, they went undefeated uh, but tied Libya at home and also tied the week's Seychelles away. So four, uh, three out of six ties, um, not enough to get them past uh, Nigeria. Nevertheless, they qualified in second place. And uh, in the cup, in the group stage, they lost to Ivory Coast. But in the second game, they beat Man Namibia. And um, in game three, they played Morocco, who they meet here. And they lost on a goal at 90 uh, to finish third in the group stage. Uh, so like Morocco, it was one nothing all the way. But in the case of South Africa, it was two losses by a score of one nothing. However, they managed to uh, pass in third place there. And uh, um, there in the round of 16, it was another one nothing win, but a glorious one, uh, knocking out host Egypt uh, until meeting Nigeria in the quarterfinal and uh, going out on a late goal. Uh, against Nigeria, that goal coming at uh, 89 uh, to knock them out. Okay, moving on to the African Cup 2021. So a quarterfinal finish in 2019, uh, pretty good. Uh, but 2021 was another disappointment for South Africa. Uh, they came in as the second seed, but they were ousted by Sudan in the final game uh, where uh, kind of memories of uh, 2012, they only needed a draw to advance, uh, but actually lost that final game in Sudan. Uh, otherwise, they went defeated at home, tying Ghana, um, 
but uh, they lost on the road in Ghana and, of course, in that final game in Sudan. So that left them uh, third place in the group with Ghana and Sudan moving on to the African Cup and um, Ivory, oh, sorry, and um, South Africa not. All right, so let's take a look at some of their uh, players. And uh, we see uh, Percy Tao. He's a player I, I, I really liked seeing in the 2019 uh, African Cup. And he was supposed to play in Britain with Southampton. I was kind of waiting for him uh, to show up. And I think he did um, He did briefly. But uh, I think there was some passport issues or something with him that prevented him from playing for a long time. Anyway, he's with Al-Ali in Egypt now. And uh, he has uh, th 34 caps for them, but a pretty good scoring record with 13 goals. Uh, I'm just looking for other names that are jumping out among their scorers. But honestly, they seem to be kind of a different group of scorers uh, all the time. Uh, perhaps uh, Teboho Mokoena uh, deserves um, mention, but I am... Um, yeah, he's actually a midfielder, uh, um, and he, along with, I would say, about two-thirds of the players play in South Africa. Uh, they have a pretty good league in South Africa, so players are less kind of motivated uh, to play abroad. Uh, they do have a couple of players playing in Portugal, and I mentioned uh, Percy Tau for Al-Ali. Um, and... I'm not seeing a lot of veterans on their team. Uh, <coughs> um, yeah, and I gotta say, like a lot of these players aren't uh, very familiar to me. So perhaps they're kind of uh, in a rebuilding phase. I think it was uh, uh, Thembekosi Lorch who scored that goal against. Um, uh, uh, against uh, Egypt, that late goal against Egypt. Uh, no, I'm going back to it and um, and finding that it was, uh, yeah, it was Lorch who scored that uh, late goal against Egypt to knock them out of the African Cup that they hosted. So a bit of glory for him uh, there. But uh, honestly, uh, not a lot of big players on the team, uh, not even a lot of players that I recognize uh, from 2019, so I, I'm wondering if some of them have retired and uh, that South Africa's in a bit of a rebuilding phase. Well, we'll see how that goes, but we can only uh, look to the past uh, in terms of what to expect. So I'll finish with a summary and an overview of their form. So after a brief period of great power following their return from the long ban, uh, they looked like they would become an African power since 2002, though, they have been in a steady decline. Uh, they uh, had reached the World Cup twice in 1998 and 2002, but they've never reached it again, uh, other than by dint of hosting in 2010. Uh, they finished uh, in the top uh, four for three cups in a row, uh, but as I said, fell uh, to getting knocked out in the group stage and then fell further to not qualifying and then it's kind of been up and down uh, since then. So they still offer hope with some good campaigns 
And there actually doesn't seem to be any reason why they shouldn't be a top team in Africa. They're uh, one of the biggest countries in Africa. And, um, you know, they have good players. But as it, uh, as it is right now, they seem like kind of the China of Africa, uh, kind of repeatedly disappointing high expectations, uh, but with a, with a sense uh, thanks in part to a, a flourishing national league, that they could emerge and become the, uh, a continental powerhouse or the continental powerhouse that they hope to be, kind of China in the same boat uh, over in Asia there. In terms of form, uh, as hinted above there, perhaps uh, too, too much shouldn't, uh, perhaps too much should not be made of their failures. Perhaps too much is made of their failures. Uh, they have been thwarted at the last step in several campaigns, uh, almost to a comical degree. Uh, they seem to be on the rise. Uh, they seemed to be on the rise with the quarterfinal finish in the 2019 African Cup, where they gloried in knocking out host Egypt. Uh, but a loss in Sudan in the last game of the 2021 African Cup qualifying was gutting. But it's not a major lapse, as, as some have called it, uh, because Sudan are a, a tough team at home. Uh, they were also tied on top with Ghana in 2022 World Cup qual qualifying uh, and ultimately lost on a very soft penalty in a game which they called out as being fixed. The penalty, though, was uh, 31 minutes in, so uh, it wasn't like it was a last-minute penalty. Anyway, these are bad results uh, in good performances, and if they balance out over time, South Africa can expect uh, better results. All right, well, the third team is uh, Zimbabwe, well, was to be Zimbabwe, but since they're disqualified from the Cup, we move on to the pot four team, uh, Liberia, uh, nicknamed Lone Star, or I've heard The Lone Star. Um, I'm not sure which one it is. Uh, we'll begin with an overview of their... Um, uh, uh, and by the way, uh, I, I have um, uh, a number of American listeners, so uh, it's kind of an interesting flag. Uh, Liberia has a very interesting uh, history. It was established by uh, Americans... Um, uh, primarily black Americans uh, uh, looking for liberty. Uh, so moving back to Africa uh, and looking for liberty in a very interesting history and also hoping to, uh, you know, influence Africa towards democracy and, and uh, stuff like that. And um, that's why their flag looks like an American flag, but just with one star. Uh, on it rather than the 52 stars. So uh, that kind of uh, uh, gives the logic to their nickname, the Lone Star or Lone Star. Uh, it's as if they're an American state outside of America, or at least uh, started that way. Okay, let's take a look at their uh, participation and achievements. Uh, they first completed a qualification in the World Cup in 1966, but withdrew as part of the African-Asian boycott. They did not enter, though, again until 1982 and participated consistently, except for 1994 when they withdrew. Their history in the African Cup started in 1968, but was patchy. They entered next in 1978, and then in 1982, 
uh, not entering five editions between those uh, campaigns. They withdrew again in uh, 1984 and 1992, but apart from those withdrawals, uh, they participated consistently since 1982. Okay, in terms of achievement, they've never reached the World Cup. Uh, they reached the final round of qualification three times in a row from 1998 to 2006, uh, coming close only in 2002. Uh, that mirrored their best period in the African Cup too, qualifying in 1996 and in 2002, though they never got beyond the first round. Uh, by far, their most famous player is George Weah, or George Way, I've heard it pronounced. Uh, he was European and World Player of the Year in 1995 and was also voted African Player of the Century. I'll give a little bit of biographical information uh, when we get to the uh, details qualifying. But anyway, in short, it was George Weah who lifted them to the heights uh, that they reached during that strong period. Okay, we didn't cover them in the... Uh, in the recent African Cup, so we'll give a quick World Cup overview. Uh, after being knocked out in early rounds in their first two campaigns, that would be 1982 and 1986, uh, they enjoyed a competitive one, fairly competitive, in 1990. Uh, they finished second in round one behind Egypt, and they went on to a final knockout round. Uh, sorry, uh, um uh, I should say they challenged Egypt. Uh, good Lord, I, I need to check it now. Because 1990. Um, okay, sorry. They won a preliminary round over Ghana. And the next round uh, was, was a group stage. And they finished second behind uh, Egypt beating Egypt at home. So a pretty competitive campaign in 1990. Uh, Egypt then uh, went on to a knockout round to reach the World Cup. Uh, 2002 was legitimately close, finishing just a point behind Nigeria, who qualified directly for the Cup. Uh, they reached the final rounds of World Cup qualifying in 1998 and 2006, making it a relatively strong period but they finished in the bottom half of those groups and then campaigns became uh, weaker after 2006. We'll take a look at their most recent campaign in 2022. So uh, they were among the bottom 28 teams required to play in the preliminary round and uh, their FIFA ranking uh, was 152 while Sierra Leone was much, Sierra Leone was much higher at 114. Uh, having the first, uh, having won the first game at home, uh, they would have lost the through the second game had Sierra Leone not missed a penalty in injury time. As it was, they did well to overcome uh, the higher-ranked Sierra Leone, and they advanced to the main round. However, there they proved no match for Nigeria and Cape Verde, losing all games to them. Uh, but they did uh, beat third-seeded Central African Republic twice to finish ahead of them uh, in third place. So they came in as the, the bottom seed but finished first, uh, which is not terrible, but not, not a challenge, challenging campaign either. 
Okay, let's move on to the African Cup and give a brief overview of their history there. Uh, African re results were poor until George Weah burst onto the scene. I shouldn't have put it that way because uh, he didn't really burst onto the scene. Uh, but I'll get to that later. Anyway, their results were poor until George Weah's influence was felt, I'll say, and led them uh, through an undefeated campaign to the African Cup in 1996. Uh, I think they might have lost their last game there, but we'll check. Uh, they didn't live up to that uh, those heights, though, um, although they did enjoy more competitive campaigns. It took them until 2002 uh, to reach the African Cup again. Uh, as in 1996, reaching the Cup proved their limit, and despite a few points in each, they did not pass the group stage. Uh, competitiveness was limited to a few home points after 2002, and they never threatened the advancing teams until 2017, when they just finished a point out of second place and an advancing spot. So we'll take a, a deep dive into their history. And section one goes from 1968 to 19. 94 sorry um okay so their first campaign in 1968 saw them in a qualifying group uh, a group which was not common at the time it was usually a knockout uh, they earned home draws with senegal and guinea but they lost both away uh, away games and finished last in the group they didn't enter the next three editions but returned in 1976, where they lost both legs to Togo and were knocked out quickly. Two more non-entries followed, and their third campaign was in 1982. Uh, they did better there, tying Gambia 0-0 at home and 1-1 away, and the away goals saw them through to the next round. In the next round, though, they lost 3-1 uh, away and 5-0 at home, uh, for an ignominious exit at the hands of Morocco, who they meet here. Um, they were set to play Benin in 1984, but um, they withdrew. Um, however, they did play in three editions after 1984. Uh, a 3-1 home leg in the first, uh, sorry, a 3-1 home win in the first leg against Mauritania in 1986 seemed hopeful but then they lost 3-0 away to go out on goal difference. Uh, they were bested by Sierra Leone in a preliminary round in 1986 and lost both legs to Mali at the same stage in 1990. 1992 was the year that qualification changed to a group format, uh, but they withdrew from the five-team grouping they were placed in before playing any games uh, that year. However, in 1994, they started respectably, earning a draw in Burkina Faso um, and at home with Tanzania. However, uh, both of those teams withdrew and it effectively became a knockout with the remaining team, Ghana. And unsurprisingly, they lost, a, uh, they lost home and away to the strong Ghana. All right, the next section deals with 1996 to 2004. <coughs> uh, things changed completely with the team built around superstar George Weah. Uh, and actually, he played for the team from 1986. His first qualifying campaign was in 1988. 
And uh, unbelievably, his career ultimately spans from 1986 to 2018, when uh, at 51 years old and now president of Liberia, he played in a memorial friendly against Nigeria in 2018. But really, he effectively retired in 2003 and was, uh, though only according to some sources, a player manager in his last three years with the team. That's around 2000 to 2003. And I'll just add his, uh, his son, uh, Timothy Weah, uh, is with the uh, US national team and is actually becoming a fairly big name uh, on that team. I'm not really sure uh, what the uh, connection is there with the, uh, why he's playing with the US rather than with Liberia, for example. But um, anyway, he is um, becoming quite a big name. Uh, okay, so the first campaign in 1996 was the best. Um, no, that's not his first campaign. Anyway, the campaign in 1996 was the best, going undefeated through eight games of a five-team group, uh, which was actually supposed to be six teams, but Guinea Bissau had withdrawn. Uh, in 1996, they tied all road games, uh, but in truth, the campaign was a close battle with one point separating them, uh, separating them, Tunisia ahead and Senegal behind. So, um, but they made it through to the cup, but they didn't in 1998, which was close, but two losses to Togo ultimately condemned them to a third place finish uh, behind Togo and Congo DR. And they fell short again in 2000, where they lost all away games for a third place finish, though they had beaten Uganda and Tunisia at home, as well as tying Algeria. However, 2002 returned them to the cup with a solid campaign. Despite being bested by South Africa, they won all other games and finished first. So their appearance at the final uh, marked the end. Uh, sorry, their appearance um, in the finals, I think in the group stage there, um, marked the end for George Weah. And in 2004, uh, they won at home over Niger and Ethiopia, but lost all other games for a last place finish. So it marked the end of Liberia's competitiveness uh, for a long time. Entry into the 2006 and 2010 African Cups were based on World Cup uh, qualifications in those years and last place finishes in their group in a six-team group in 2006 uh, denied them entry. Uh, 2008 in between was similar, uh, where a home win over Rwanda and a home draw with Equatorial Guinea did not lift them out of bottom spot. Uh, nor did going undefeated at home in 2012. 2013 was a shortened qualification system, starting with two knockout rounds. Uh, they bested Namibia in the first of these, but then were bested by Nigeria in the second and failed to make the cup. Uh, yet again. They plumbed new lows in 2015, exchanging home wins with the lowly Lesotho uh, and going out on goal difference in the preliminary round. Lesotho actually scored in the home leg uh, just two and five minutes in, and that turned out to be all the goals they needed. 
Uh, from those depths, though, they rose up for a competitive campaign in 2017, beating Tunisia at home and tying Togo there, as well as two wins over the week Djibouti. Uh, it was a good campaign. Uh, however, it only earned them third place, um, a teeth-grindingly one point behind second place Togo. They went undefeated at home, too, in 2019. Wait! Slam on the brakes. We're going to take a look at that uh, in more detail here. So let's look at 2019. And there we see that it's all home wins. Uh, sorry, it's all undefeated at home, uh, beginning with a home tie in Cong uh, with Congo DR, but then beating Congo and Zimbabwe. However, they lost all on the road and uh, finished third in the group. All right, uh, so they were supposed to meet Zimbabwe uh, again here. Zimbabwe finished on top of that group in 2019. Uh, 2021 um, was um, uh, round one of one playoff uh, knockout round with Chad. And um, Chad is always a team that provides drama. They're, they're a pretty weak team, but something unusual always happens with chad uh, in this case it turned out to be uh, each team winning at home one nothing and the, and the matter going to penalties and um uh usually it ends in heartbreak for chad but actually they won this one so a bit a bit of an embarrassing knockout there uh for liberia Okay, and just to, to clarify, in 2023, uh, they didn't have to um, play in the preliminary round. Um, sorry, I didn't make a note of, of how many teams had to play in the preliminary round, but um, they managed to avoid that. Uh, I Yeah, I'm just guessing. Um, it was about 12, 10 or 12 teams. They were above those teams. Okay, well, let's take a look at players, and uh, I really don't know much uh, about them because I've never seen them in a tournament. But uh, um, William Jabor got three of their five goals in 2019 uh, qualifying, and that is uh, kind of a name that's at least familiar to me. So I think he is scoring in qualifying. I'll just see if I can find him here and see why his name is familiar to me. Um, I'm wondering uh, if he is retired because I'm not seeing his name on the list. Uh, interestingly, there's a name, uh, Patrick Weah, and he plays in America. I'm just wondering if he's related to um, um, to uh, you know the famous George Weah, um, but it doesn't seem that way. Uh, okay, uh, sorry. Uh, a lot of their players actually do uh, play abroad. I'd say almost a third to a half of them, but for very small teams, uh, for very small teams abroad, they seem to uh, have a bit of a connection with the USA. So I see a couple of players uh, uh, playing in the USA there, and uh, they have a defender, Oscar Dorley, who plays for Slavia Prague. That's a fairly big team in the Czech Republic. And um, 
uh, smaller teams I see in Sweden. <coughs> uh, in Sweden here, one of them is that uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, Marcus McCauley plays in Saudi Arabia. He's one of their more experienced players, uh, as is the Oscar Dorley, who plays in Sa Slavia Prague. And um, yeah, no big names here. Um, they have uh, Ayuba Kosaya, uh, who's a young player with uh, Breda in the Netherlands. And um, yeah, kind of um, an interesting collection of teams they play for. Oh, and then uh, Mohamed Sanger is a 23-year-old who plays for Newcastle United. He only has uh, seven caps. Uh, for Liberia, so you know they seem to uh, seem to get around, but certainly no big names there. And the name I'm familiar with, William Jabour, I wonder if he, um, uh, I wonder if he has retired. Uh, just looking for him here, and oh yeah okay he has uh he has retired he has 16 caps for liberia and 12 goals uh, so actually not not um uh doesn't have a lot of caps there but that's a pretty good percentage and possibly why his name is familiar uh with me okay well we'll move on to a summary and then a discussion of their form so they were very weak in their early campaigns when they actually uh, when they actually completed those campaigns, which they often didn't. Uh, this weakness uh, continued even with uh, star George Weah joining the team in the late 80s, but his influence was felt, uh, and abruptly so, with a strong campaign uh, that led them into a strong period until 2002. And it featured two African Cups appearances cup appearances and uh, a, a very close approach to the 2002 World Cup. But they returned to weakness after he left, uh, perhaps a bit stronger than before because they earn a smattering of points, mostly at home, but uh, they're not really, uh, they haven't really shown uh, competitiveness at the campaign level until a surprising run in 2017, although that wasn't sustained uh, after that. So that sudden competitiveness in 2017 uh, did have lingering effects into 2019, uh, but a weak World Cup campaign and a knockout at the hands of Chad in 2021 uh, make it seem like that was a flash in the pan. Uh, they remain reasonably strong at home though and are always a threat there, but neither that nor the improvement in 2017 lifted them into the top half of a group campaign. Okay, well, we will move on to part three. Part three, where we begin by looking at the rankings. So we see uh, Morocco is uh, uh, 22nd in FIFA and 24th in ELO, so fairly similar. Uh, South Africa, 69th in FIFA. That puts them about 50 points behind Morocco. And 70th in ELO. ELO. So both systems kind of seeing them around 70th. However, Liberia ha, is uh, different. FIFA has them at 149th, and uh, ELO has them at 128th. Um, 
there. I'm trying to decide which one I, I agree with more. But anyway, I think it doesn't matter because I think they're really outclassed in this group here. Uh, if we look at the FIFA and ELO rankings, uh, we saw Morocco is 24th. They were all the way down to 77th in uh, 2015. And actually, for several years around that time, they were in the 70s. So they're definitely in a good period. Uh, they rose up kind of uh, steadily from the 60s to the 50s to the 40s. And actually, it's only in the last year that they've moved from 41st to 24th in ELO rankings. Uh, South Africa are 69th and 70th, as we saw. They were as high as 50th in June 2017 and as low as 82nd in uh, 2008. Uh, but of course, their best period was around 2002 when they were in the 40s. And I'm using uh, the more reliable ELO rankings. If we look at the uh, at the FIFA rankings, they reached all the way up to 20th in uh, in December 2000 and were 30th in 2002 when ELO had them as 40th. So the FIFA rankings kind of a bit more volatile than uh, the ELO rankings. Okay, finally, Liberia. Um, uh, FIFA has them all the way, uh, breaking 100, all the way up to 98th in December 2013. I can't remember uh, us saying anything particular that they did in 2013 that would merit that. Um, and certainly in FIFA rank or ELO rankings, they were uh, around 130th as they always seem to be. Uh, that was up from around 140th in around 2006 to 2008. Uh, in 2002, interestingly, they rose all the way up to uh, 87th in both ranking systems. <clears throat> that was their strong period. Let's look at the head-to-head -head rankings, and we see that uh, Morocco and Liberia have only met twice. Uh, that was in 1982. We pointed it out in the description where um, Morocco won 3-0 at home and then 5-0 away. So that's the only time they've met. So Morocco, two wins, zero losses, zero ties. South Africa and Morocco is the uh, the ones that have met the most in this group. And um, South Africa actually has the better head-to-head -head with two wins, two draws, and one loss. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later. Uh, South Africa versus Libya. Um, sorry, not Libya, Liberia. Uh, in 2002, they met. That was uh, a strong year for both of them, actually. 2002 African Cup qualifying. South Africa won at home and tied away. However, Liberia won the group, uh, but South Africa also advanced in second. And finally, uh, nope, that's it. Uh, Morocco and Liberia. Uh, we've already done Morocco with the uh, better record there. All right, well, let's talk a little bit about what we think is going to happen uh, happen here. And uh, actually, the grouping, especially with the disqualification of Zimbabwe, seems fairly set in stone to me, and it should finish according to the seeding. Uh, Morocco's consistency 
has been the key to success, especially in recent years. And that should easily see them through here. Uh, with Zimbabwe disqualified, really, they only need to outperform Liberia to earn one of the top spots to get them to the cup. Two spots available. Uh, that consistency will also probably see them finish ahead of South Africa, uh, who are improving, in fact, but probably not enough to challenge Morocco, I would say. Uh, we saw that Morocco's ranked 50 points above them in the in the ranking systems, and uh, they're more than 100 points ahead of Liberia. Uh, they do have that losing head-to-head -head with South Africa, but most of the points that South Africa were, uh, earned there were during their strong years around the turn of the century. In their only recent meeting we saw in the group stage in 2019, Morocco beat them. Uh, if South Africa's overall strength prevails, they should finish in second uh, with an outside chance of challenging Morocco for top spot. But if their luck continues, <laughs> continues to take the toll it has, uh, they would have been leapfrogged by Zimbabwe here, who they were supposed to play in the last game. But maybe their luck has balanced out in making that impossible, uh, Zimbabwe having been disqualified. So uh, South Africa only has to out outdo Liberia to reach this African Cup. However, they have been sideswiped by, or else they've legitimately struggled with uh, teams of Liberia's level. But uh, their consistency... Uh, if you take a close look, South Africa's consistency has been improving uh, and they should have no problem here uh, other than the gods of drama who seem to delight in toying with them. Uh, but the gods would have to side with them uh, to take first place over Morocco here, although uh, that's not out of the question either. It does seem out of the question though for Liberia. Uh, with Zimbabwe out, the challenge of overcoming another team seems pretty limited uh, again there's kind of an outside chance um of uh, you know uh, maybe south africa um providing another comedy of errors or uh some bad luck uh some home points though do seem possible because they're tough at home liberia um but even in the best of their recent campaigns it it wasn't enough to make them a challenger at the campaign level so here we have it my prediction uh, uh, for me, um, Morocco first, South Africa and Liberia with little chance of it finishing any other way. But I never want to be uh, too overconfident, especially with Africa, because um, uh, in a way it's my favorite region because uh, the most unexpected things happen. Okay, well, we'll finish the podcast with... Uh, um, a prediction on the games to this point. So uh, Zimbabwe was supposed to play Liberia, Zimbabwe at home there, but that's been cancelled. So we have actually a, a key game here, Morocco versus South Africa. Well, we've seen that Morocco is very, very tough at home. Uh, they kind of damaged their home record for a few years. I don't know if we mentioned this in the podcast, but they had a pristine home record. Uh, uh, Malawi and, and Gabon managed to win there. Those were two of the only teams to win there. And then I think around uh, 2014, around that time, uh, they did lose a few games at home. But recently, they've become very tough at home again. So I'm not going to uh, call anything against them here. 
Uh, I'm going to say this is a 2 nothing win over South... No, 2-1 two, uh, win over South Africa with a mild chance of South Africa stealing a tie. Let's see what happened. Okay, this was a 2-1 win for Morocco. So South Africa got the first goal at 8, 8 minutes in, and held the lead... Uh, for the first half and then Morocco scored uh, 51 minutes in so six minutes after the second half began and only won it on a goal at 88 so I must say that's uh, you know the expected result but a bit of a confidence inspiring result for uh, South Africa there and uh, I do think they are going to prove a bit better this uh, this time around. I guess we won't see it in qualifying that much, but in the cup. In the second game, um, South Africa was supposed to play at home to Zimbabwe. That's been cancelled. And we have uh, Liberia playing at home to Morocco. Well, odds makers would uh, uh, heavily favour Morocco here, but honestly, uh, African teams at home, it would be always dangerous to bet against them. Uh, I'm not going to say that Liberia is going to get anything out of this, but it wouldn't surprise me if this was a draw. But I think Morocco is pretty consistent. So I'm going to say 2 nothing, Morocco. Let's see. Oh, I'm dead on. Woohoo. Uh, Morocco uh, scoreless first half, and they got both of the goals very quickly um, with a penalty at 56 by... Uh, Faisal Fajr, I'm never sure how to say his name. Uh, and then uh, a minute later, uh, Yusuf N. Nezri uh, scored a second goal. So a 2 nothing, um, a 2 nothing win. So, um, yeah, it looks like things are heading towards the uh, the result we predicted. Uh, Morocco has played two, two games and won them both. Uh, South Africa... Uh, is in second and Liberia is in third, but uh, both of them are winless. So the fall, the the next game, uh, uh, South Africa hosting Liberia in September will be quite telling. Well, that brings us to the end of the podcast. And um, uh, once again, I'll repeat how you can find us on the on the internet webs and. Uh, um, the best way is to go to uh, is to to type soccer files canada into the into google and that's soccer uh, s o c c e r p h i l e s soccer files with a ph and our actual website is soccerfiles.captivate.fm and you can find uh, some good show notes there that can link you to previous podcasts with uh, with more information. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that very detailed discussion. And uh, if you did, maybe we'll see you next time. All the best. Bye-bye.